And um, and then uh, uh, Lane, uh, what's the Lois's sister's name? Lucy. All of a sudden, Lois. Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. She just she's she's just dense, you know. Um, <laughs> it seems that 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 the uh, the the full on willing suspension of disbelief is strong in the Lane family. Yeah. It's almost like there's not really a character there. They just wanted to fit the lane. Uh, they had to. They somehow. drew every thin connection exactly. they possibly could. We get Superman on a poster. Jimmy Olsen shows up and has the digs on on Lane on Miss Lane mm -hmm. uh, as well. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Jimmy Olsen dates high school girls. Isn't that cool? Twenty something <laughs> so, Jimmy Olsen. Again, Steve. Twenty yes, something right? Jimmy Olsen dates high school girls. That's you know that's an excellent point because. Um, as you said, it's not clearly established what age group we're in, and we get locker room shots and shower scenes and <laughs> this this age discrepancy. I mean, how old is Ethan? He runs his own landscaping business, and yeah. and Selena's after him, so he's obviously twenty somethings. And I mean, yeah, no, lots of creep, lots of creep in this. It's it's weird because yeah, I mean, it's never it's really in all of the the christopher reeve superman series it's never exactly clear how old jimmy is supposed to be like even in the right. first one he's obviously younger than the other characters but is he still in school is he out of school does he like, work is there this full is part-time time job yeah right it's not exactly clear um but by the time we get to this it's like okay he's got to be like in his 20s by now right i mean this has been right. a few, even within the universe of the movies it's got to have been at least a few years even since if we superman give them showed up all positive intent and he's 2021 20, and and Lucy she's what 17, maybe 17 maybe? 18 yeah, yeah. it's it's Lucy, right it's on the border okay. yeah it's like yeah it's like come on jimmy and he's like coming yeah. from metropolis down here to, yeah to creep out. man like, that's come creeper on, dude creeper. no jimmy creeper. come on dude <laughs> Up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Josh, Dan, Steve, and... Who is she? You know, I think I recognize the costume. I am Cara of Argo City, daughter of Alora and Zorel. And I don't scare easily. Introducing Helen Slater as Supergirl. Adventure runs in the family. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. This is Josh, Dan, and Superman. And we have a special guest this week. His name is Steve. Steve, how you doing? I am doing so good. Thank you for inviting me on to talk about this movie. <laughs> it's so great. You know, if our friendship survives this, then, well, we chose well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's an interesting uh, an interesting movie that we're going to be yes. talking about here. Um, mm -hmm. We are going to be reviewing the 1984 film Supergirl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> boy, boy, howdy! Yeah, yeah. 
are you guys as excited as I am to get into this? I am indeed. I am indeed. I know I was I was excited last night when I realized at about eight o'clock that I hadn't watched the movie yet and I had to rewatch it for this. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to watch Supergirl for the rest of the night. <laughs> because it is two hours long. Yes, it yeah. is. Feels yes, it is. like two hours. There lot. was one point where I paused it and I thought mm-hmm. maybe I had like, you know, half an hour to go. Mm-hmm. And there was still and like had an over hour an hour. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding. Man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt. I, I watched it uh, over again this morning as I wanted to be fresh. That's how I take notes is just watch it real soon. <laughs> well, apparently the release version was shorter. I think the theatrical edit was 105 minutes. Yeah, um, I think the version that we ended up watching i watched it on hbo max and yeah, so it was uh it was an hour and 38 or i'm, I'm sorry 138 minutes yeah so yeah that, so, that's a long yeah. movie some sadist went back and put <laughs> stuff back in that they had taken out for the theatrical cut yeah no that it felt like they left a lot of shit in and that makes sense now yeah because yeah, yeah. they put it um, back i don't know why this the donner cut of superman 2 this is not at all no, <laughs> not even close. Well, I, I think the daughter cut is is better, even though it's not even a finished movie. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is tells the, you something. Uh, that's the Josh Dan and Superman canonical version of that film, and we're yeah. going to get to that. And we may redeem ourselves by inviting you back onto the show for cool. that one, just to you know make it better. Da, 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 da. I know we got some hints of that. There are hints of that in this in this movie, but it's boy, the score is not the same. Uh, no, it, it just doesn't hit the same. It really doesn't. That's uh, that's one thing I noticed right off the bat. I, I wasn't a big fan of the score. Um, it sounded synthesized rather than orchestral, but it so- sounded like the- a synthesizer trying to be an orchestra. Yeah, it could have been the time frame too. I mean, it was 1984, so yes, yeah. everything was progressive rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this film sits at a uh nine percent on rotten tomatoes so i don't think we're the only ones that that didn't care for it too much <laughs> well let's there was no supergirl 2 so right yeah and that, no. this, we got and we got a superman 4 so that says a lot about how poorly this film well did. i think what we I, I i don't know if we're going to get into this or not but uh supergirl you know that nine percent on rotten tomatoes and the, you know which reflects how poorly it did at the box office at the time uh it was such a disappointment that this is what encouraged uh the salkines to sell the rights to canon which oh right and then which are who made like, superman 4 yeah they were like oh well <laughs> that super that supergirl movie wasn't so great but just you wait <laughs> we'll, we'll make it in store. That better and again uh one thing those two films share in common is an incredible cast with a shit script <laughs> yeah I mean, for, for sure. sure i mean ha- sure. the cast is the only thing that work makes this film work in the least and even it's a stretch uh but you know as my argument has been leading up to this discussion helen slater and that's a good argument that, that, that is a good argument <laughs> You know, we do have some Peter O'Toole in there at the beginning who is just 
acting his ass off, man. That yeah, guy. He's, carrying, <laughs> he's carrying that city. Argo <laughs> City, I mean, not Candor, Argo City. I don't even know if yeah. that's ever in. Uh, there's so many things about this movie that are either trying to beat its own canon or just yeah. ignore. No, Argo's, Argo's in the comics. Is it? But she yeah. comes from Candor, right? It depends. No, I think in in at least one of the versions of her, she comes from Argo. Okay. Well, I always thought it was just she came from the shrunken city, but that's not the same. Yeah. It's been re- rebooted and rewritten so many times. It's it hard doesn't to tell, even but matter I, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, Argo uh, probably, is a comics thing. Well, yeah, and that's you know, on the Supergirl TV show, she came from Krypton. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the, I, I, I'm not completely up on the current comics, but I think that's the current backstory. It makes more sense too, that, really. that she came from Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah we don't know that's that's one that's one of the things about the backstory of this that we see in this movie. It's like, gee, this seems really complicated. Well, and what I was trying to figure out is the the they just they're like studio lights. Fuck it, let's just you know <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, on like, the outside, is- they're just like golf field. Put it up. You know, Wrigley Field didn't even have nighttime games at this time, but you know, <laughs> like, we'll put some stage lights. Up were they it supposed was- to mat these lights out? I thought. I don't think we're supposed to see these. That's, that's the way it felt. It's like they just didn't even care. They were like, no one's going to buy it anyway. Um, and there's a lot of things about the city that just don't make any damn sense. Like why, if, if it's so dangerous for the outside wall to be breached, why is it made of wax paper? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by, All by it takes. A, an illusion of a very large dragonfly. Uh, I guess yeah. is what it was, but uh, like, yeah. yeah, that was my, and, but then it's strong enough that she doesn't get sucked out immediately, but yeah, yeah, no big. And then the little magic wand. Yeah. She yeah. fixes it with her little magic, magic wand. wand yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> so the, the plot here is, is that Peter O'Toole, Z- Zaltair. Zaltar. Um, Zaltar, yeah. Zaltar. Yeah. yeah. He is, he has borrowed, the Omega Hedron, which is Omega the, you Hedron, know, which they say you know, eight different ways the entire yeah. thing. Um, but it powers the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the two, one of the two power sources. We never meet the other one. Yeah, but he has decided to just borrow it and start like making trees or something just, <laughs> just for, for fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> why not? Good. You know, it's Tuesday, might as well make some trees. And uh <laughs> And that goes horribly wrong because, you know, yeah. uh, Supergirl decides to make her dragonfly, which then goes rogue. And of course, she has to follow it to Earth to, to try to save it. Now, one of the things uh, just one of the things about that, she takes this and then she goes and sets and plays with it. But they have her set like a child would sit to play with their toys. And she was not a child. And she said they're like all wide eagle, man. And it's a yeah. little awkward. <laughs> it's i i'm not quite sure you know going back to your your initial argument dan which was simply helen slater i don't think i think there was a point in the development of this movie there must have been where they said hey we found the perfect supergirl and then they just stopped there and they didn't, <laughs> and they didn't write anything and they didn't think anything through they were just like she looks perfect for supergirl let's just go with that i don't know if I don't have any idea what age anybody is supposed to be. And that, <laughs> and, and that like raises that, that brings up some, some problems for me there. when we get when we get a little further into it, but yeah, it's like, is she a teenager? <laughs> is she like in her twenties? What is, 
Yeah. Yeah. She plays very childlike when she's yeah. on Argo City, which is it, like, like you said, it's just kind of awkward and weird. Like, I don't know why they decided to play it that way. Uh, yeah. They, they infantil- heavily infantilized her. Yeah. And I don't know why. I guess because it was targeted at kids and they thought that would be relatable. Uh, I mean, we are 40 odd year old men talking about yeah. a movie from 30 odd years ago. So. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, you could just cast a younger actor to play her if that's mm-hmm. what you want. If you want to do like a teenage Supergirl, that's fine. Just cast someone who isn't obviously in her 20s right. <laughs> to play well, the part. You know, the script was like the bottom priority on this film. I don't obviously. know. Obviously, yeah. they must have gained this cast off the off the the you know backing of of how well Superman and Superman Two had done at this point, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a guarantee, man. We got this brand; it's going to rock." And so like, that's how you get Fado away yeah. and Peter O'Toole <laughs> and all the other uh, top tiers that were headlining this film. Um, but yeah, uh, I, uh, off 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 on that tangent, Josh, you were making a point about. Uh, taken off with one of the power sources of the city oh i don't know if i was making a point but just kind of trying to wrap my head around this plot <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh i don't think the movie no even plot. knew what the point was yeah no. yeah it, it took me a good three watches and that i'm Ooh. just the beginning of the movie to kind of figure out what was going on um and 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 some vodka um to try to wrap <laughs> my head around me <laughs> which i uh, open up I believe Muscle yeah, was, exactly. was probably involved in the writing of the picture as well. A lot of vodka. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Some spirit, some deleterious spirits. Well, the uh, the special enough. effects when she's in the uh, spaceship going to Earth suggest it might have been LSD, actually. Right. But I I really kind of dug those because it gave a real kind of a cool sense of traveling through the binary frost bridge or whatever the shit they called it. Um, yeah. Where because the idea is they're shrunken, of course, and they have to expand out into the big universe. And yeah. without special treatment and a ship, you're going to die. That's where the pressure yeah. and all that. Um, what there hints the danger in getting sucked out the paper thin window. Uh, <laughs> but um, I thought those effects, while you know obviously a product of their time, were actually other than the mat lines were fairly well done um, and gave you know a conveyance of of a sense of transformation. Um, but it's also like a really cool, uh, you know, a couple of fungus friends and you watch that and you're going to have a really good time. Yes, yeah, you definitely are. I just kind of assume that Zoltar left her some blotter acid in the, in the spaceship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a long yeah. trip to Earth. <laughs> Along yeah, with is. the Supergirl costume. He left her some clothes <laughs> and he left yeah. her some acid. Yeah. yeah. Just, besp- just yeah. in case you end up on Earth. <laughs> Cara, yeah. here's. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your suit, fully bespoke, as she rides out of the lake. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. When she when she arrives on Earth, she crashes into a lake and then pops out in her Supergirl outfit. See, that's and the just thing. We don't around. see her crash into the lake. I rewound that and watched it over. I was like, how the hell does the ship get in the lake? It just comes out of the where lake. it yeah. shows up from the tunnel, whatnot, the wormhole. It just shows yeah. up at the bottom of the lake. And then the door opens and there's no rush into water. She just flies up and boom, we're, we're, she's flying. And she's dry mm-hmm. as a bone too. She's not, yeah. like, she's not wet at all. Well, um, we all know, uh, along with uh, acid and fire, the blankets are impervious to water. Oh, well, there you go. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, I, I read that to get that effect of her coming out of the water, that it wasn't actually Helen Slater. It was a cardboard cutout 
of Helen Slater that they put on a string and pulled out of the water. Now, next time you watch it, go back and, and, and look at that because you can totally notice that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does look a little awkward. I just figured they filmed it in reverse. No, nope, it, it's a card, you know, cardboard cutout. Wow. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of that because either they got exceptionally good and uh, uh, adept at wire work or they flew around a dummy a lot. Well, because she did do there's a lot. She, Helen Slater did do like two months worth of pre-production, like rehearsals and stuff on the wires. And that actually oh, is wow. her on the wires. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it looks great. That I mean, that came across. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of her flying in it. There's a lot really of uh, there's a lot of Peter Pan technology uh, <laughs> being, being deployed in the movie. Uh, but, right. I love that because there's a whole lot of make believe going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she just, okay. So she just observes the girls playing softball, takes note of a school uniform, passes by three trees and is wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, what's her name? Cause it's not even the right name. Yeah. Laura, Linda Lee. Linda Lee. Linda Lee. Linda yeah. Lee. All of a sudden named she's Linda Lee. Oh, with new hair. And of course she's named after a Confederate general. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not my, I was going to say it's my first question, but it's not my first question about this movie. I had a, a lot, lot of questions. more before this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but why does she even enroll in the school? Like her whole deal is to try to find the Omega Hedron and get back mm -hmm. home to save her city. Mm -hmm. What is the point of, yeah. you know, the, the dual identity? What is the point of, of uh, enrolling in the school? I mean, you would think that she would, you know, be on yeah. on course to get this thing. Well, because she knows, she seems to know that it's like a short-term thing, that she's not planning to stay on Earth. And she also knows about Superman. Like mm -hmm. she knows that, mm -hmm. that her cousin is on Earth and that he, and she also somehow knows about his secret identity, even though she doesn't seem to know anything else about him. But, yeah. you know, it takes a lot so, of storytelling shortcuts. Yeah. There's, <laughs> it takes a lot for granted. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it, it is interesting. It's like, why doesn't she just present herself as Supergirl and say, hey, Superman's my cousin. We have the same powers. I'm here looking for this thing. Just, you know, yeah. let me find it and I'll be out of your way. Well, <laughs> because yeah. the movie had to happen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That the movie had to happen. All two hours of it. Well, and, they, and they had to put and they had to put they had to put stuff that you know I guess Supergirl comic book readers would expect to see in the movie. So that's hence the secret identity. But going back to the writing, they just they couldn't be bothered to think of an actual justification in the story for her to have that secret identity. <laughs> Literally, she show she up and was on this game, and she's like, <laughs> "Looks like fun. I think I'll have a go." Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, this uh, script is the is the weak point, in the thing. <laughs> which uh, you know it's kind of critical. But still. when they don't, and the, the other thing is like, if for I mean, they don't even give Jimmy anything to do. Nope. No, he's just kind of there. Yeah, yeah sure. he's like literally the only one from the uh, from the other films that would show yeah. up. It's like I'm yeah. sure Mark McClure appreciated the paycheck, but coming, oh like, yeah, give me yeah. something to do, man. <laughs> like I, he get, he gets he buys Popeyes for everybody, which is I noticed that that's great. Out. I love seeing some Popeyes now. I do love me some Popeyes chicken. I, absolutely, so was, I'm a that was big cool Popeyes to see. Spicy well. all the way, you know. Absolutely. That that's funny that because I was going to bring that up. That and uh, A and W root beer. Did you notice the product placement? Product for that? placement. Yeah. Yeah. That that's uh, that's straight from the salt kinds because um in superman 2 there was marlboro everywhere yeah. i mean the, the, the product placement for marlboro was crazy and it, it which is it weird stuck out to considering me. 
Yeah, well, it's it, it stuck out to me because obviously they don't do that kind of thing in movies anymore, especially with cigarettes. Not with cigarettes, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did notice the Not in a kid's film for all, for Christ's sake, with a character yeah, yeah. who's famous for not smoking. So I guess the, <laughs> the big first set piece is that is is when they're in the town and um um it, it's the scene with jimmy that you're talking about where he buys yeah. everybody popeyes and uh, there's something with a tractor and the guy from <laughs> from die hard and i don't know man I, I i couldn't really follow what was going on i think he's under some sort of spell from he's Selena. under a spell uh yeah. she yeah. drugged him with the beer when she was trying to there's a lot right, of sexual right, harassment right. in this movie by the way <laughs> and, it's, and it's coming from both directions um you know i mean supergirl straight up harasses ethan i mean not that i i mean you know, I'm sure there's implied consent because uh, I would be down for that. But yeah. um, <laughs> again, Helen Slater. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, creepy creep going on through this whole yeah. movie, man. It and, is but yeah, else. this this this. But she straight up roofies him. <laughs> this action scene with the uh, with the runaway tractor is like uh-huh. is is hilarious. It's like the worst final destination death that you can imagine it's yeah, like it, yeah it's like they were trying to be creative but they weren't creative so it just seems just incredibly contrived and it's like you know oh the tractors the tractors on the loose and it's got you know hart bachner the diehard guy like in 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 the, <laughs> the you know the the thing and uh and Which Lucy, is a really dangerous mechanism, by the way. And it's you like, know, and, and Lucy's trying that. to, Lucy's trying to steer it out of the way, but then she something she gets knocked out somehow. She got uh, it's magic. There, there's a lot of magic. Who just tries Whammy. to jump into a tractor, though? Yeah, that's what well, I didn't gonna, understand. Who, I, I mean, I don't know how to drive a tractor. This is this movie is assuming that Lucy does and jumps into the cab. Like <laughs> <And> Lucy, <laughs> everybody's standing there for like twenty minutes watching this happen, and finally, Lucy is the Lucy. only person. <laughs> yeah. They like, should legit like the steamroller scene in Austin Powers. It's like. <laughs> he's like maybe one of us should jump up into this open cab and just try to steer it somewhere you can outrun those things i mean anybody who's not under the the roofy whammy spell can outrun these things but poor ethan he got roofied and magic whammied and uh, i love how the fact that you know he's stumbling he's obviously in distress he's stumbling down the middle of the street and everybody's like just mocking him and making fun of him nobody takes the time to stop and say hey buddy uh let's go to the hospital okay <laughs> <You> <laughs> know? and uh, this was supposedly a kinder gentler time but no they're just gonna let this guy get eaten by the world's slowest front loader <laughs> they haven't seen that very they haven't seen their very special episodes of different strokes yet they don't know about that's true. drugs and that's you know true. how dangerous yeah. they can be that's true. It's true. You know, uh, not a lot of not a lot of very special episodes. These no, days. no, not yet. One of the things that I read about that set piece, though, is it took 22 consecutive days to film that. Do you wow. know how long that not is? Not worth it. Not, not worth, worth it. it at all. And I mean, <laughs> no. what kind of problems were they running into that it took 22 <laughs> days? Well, there's a lot of wire work, though. This this scene, these this set piece has a ton of wire work in it. That's where yeah. it comes in looking really good. So I would and, probably attribute a lot of it to that and time of day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I mean, that rigging takes so much time, I'm sure. I'm not the Hollywood professional, so I don't know, but I would assume it takes a lot of uh, time to set that rigging. 
it feels like Kara is standing there watching everything happen for about 22 days before she decides to finally <laughs> right? change into Supergirl yeah. and, and, and and try and do something. Like Wait, she's... <laughs> I have to get like, this reference is, if days were hours and hours were days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's going by the book. She's going by the yeah, book. That's right. I, I have an obligated three Star Trek references for <laughs> yeah, she's like She's like standing there on the roof of the Popeyes, I guess. Like observing in her civilian identity and she's just watching like oh the, the i think by the point by the time she turns to supergirl the tractor has already like crashed into the gas station and there's, and there's a fire and, yeah and, and it's like yeah. and now she's like okay i guess i'll i guess i'll step in at this point yeah <laughs> she lets a lot like, of shit go down before she decides it's time to step up and uh there was one there was one i think coming into there was one effect where it kind of made me think that it was still uh, that it was you know more of a dummy or some sort of uh, uh, other kind of effect where she swoops in and ends up in uh, and it gave me the very Kirk Allen vibe where it swoops in to just behind something and then comes out as uh, uh, oh heck what's her name Linda yeah <laughs> and, uh, but she lands behind the culverts and walks out as, uh, from underneath as and I thought well you know that's one of those tricks but. Um, she, she just, she always has her, her secret identity ready one way or the other. It's uh, it's an impressive feat. Well, yeah. didn't they actually do that a couple times where they just, she just poofs into either super Supergirl or back into Linda. Lee. Oh yeah, I know. That's one of the big shortcuts they take through the whole yeah. film. Well, the, the, the one where she flies out the window is, is a, is a good one where yeah. she, she yeah. jumps out the window as Linda and she's coming out the other side of Supergirl. The bat poles, man. That's how the bat poles work. Exactly. It's bat pole technology. <laughs> there you go. There exactly. you go. And that's the that's the only thing Batman is good at, apparently. <laughs> Quick change technology. Yeah, yeah. That explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> you I think that might be a, a soul kinds thing too, because Chris Reeve, if you'll remember, he kind of mm -hmm. did that a couple times where it would just yeah, kind of just fade uh, into him. He did a they did know. like a dissolve, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first time he jumps out the window uh, at the planet, it's you know. Uh, and yeah, and I guess, what was that? You know, yeah, and in, in the first one in Superman, where he, when when he hears Lex in the yeah. in his ear, yeah, and yeah. he's like, oh, so I guess my, I'll uh, just my head cannon was always that he has pockets in his cape. <laughs> yeah. Well, through. I think that was a comic thing too. I think the, in in the, the in the Silver Age they tried to explain, you know, well, I mean, like, geez, where, where does he put his clothes? Interdimensional he pocket. He has a cape pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, bag of holding, sense. cape of holding, man. You know, I mean, the Flash keeps his suit in his ring, so in why his, can't yeah. Superman? Why can't Superman have a Superman's you know, cape better bucket? at stuff than the Flash? I mean, <laughs> it's a better, it's a better, it's a better answer than than mine would be, which would be to say, just don't worry about it, nerd. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Nerd. Why are you worried about? Why are you worrying about where he puts his clothes? I guess we're not. I guess these must be pretty shitty Superman stories we're writing. If you if you come if you come away with it thinking, but what about his clothes? Like, well, actually, you're fair, huh? Yeah, no. Let's not go gray neck beards on it. That's for sure. Uh, but there, I mean, one of the things one of the things that um, stood out to me about this film is there's no clear. There's really no clear villain at any given point. Like. We're so distracted with, are we after the Omega Hedron? Are we fighting Selena? Is it the other guy, the professor at school? You know, uh, who is the big baddie is pretty obfuscated. Um, and there's like no real big showdown with Selena. It ends up being a, a like a dragon fight and a wobbly floor. And 
<laughs> where Supergirl yeah. forgets that she can fly. She That's forgets a, that she know, can fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, okay, so like there was nothing that took away her power. Is that right then? Because Not that I saw. at that point, I yeah, had kind of no. like I had kind of like zoned out, and I had it yeah. on in the AirPods, and it was on the iPad, and I'd kind of just you know taken a little break, and then here we are, and I was like, so is there kryptonite involved? Did the magic take away her powers, <laughs> or are we just struggling for yeah. struggling? You know, you would think being able to fly would be an asset when you're playing. The floor is made of lava, but in this case, not. Yeah, so much. and that's yeah, exactly the so game much. that was being played. Well, it's just like, you know, in the, the big set piece, she took so long to, you know, help everybody. Maybe it's just that Supergirl doesn't really have super reflexes. Maybe, you know, maybe she's kind of slow. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you know, she, she only she shows gets... that super speed once when she tries to pin uh, Selena up in the cage out of the yeah. bars. Yeah, and I was like, man, and... if that's 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 lawn darts that could go terribly wrong. Faye Dunaway has to pretend that this is some kind of impenetrable cage, even though we can see them wobbling on screen. (laughs) Just go like that. Just just push them aside. It's not that. (laughs) And she could clearly get through the, you know, one of the spikes anyway. It's like she could just kind of step to the left and get out. But, you know, she had to use her magic. It's just a step to the left. Well, and Um, the other thing about about Faye Dunaway, about, you know, the, the villain not necessarily having credibility. I loved how she spent the entire movie completely baffled about supergirl and and linda even though even though she has a magic mirror that she can watch things happen she somehow never sees Supergirl. but it's also a gateway to the phantom zone right isn't that how we get to the phantom zone through the mirror i i don't know how we got to the phantom zone they didn't explain it they didn't explain how selena knows how to do it it's just all of a sudden hey we're gonna send her to the phantom zone because selena had to be through i just I, that's where I was again. I was like, oh, now we're in the Phantom Zone. Of course, we're in yeah. the Phantom Zone. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know, and Zaltair is here and he's amnesiatic now because time in the Phantom Zone is, I don't know, yeah. he's been there it for who knows he's how been long the, now. He's been in the Phantom Zone for 15 minutes and he's completely yeah. lost his mind. He's completely, completely yeah. lost. And, his mind. There, and there's nobody else there. Is it kind of a solitary confinement unless Supergirl shows up? Because I wasn't <laughs> expected to see all of Krypton's criminals from eons yeah. to be there and tortured, but. No budget. Maybe it's your own personal, (laughs) you know, just a random, just a random Zod floating by. (laughs) (laughs) There, see, it's canon now. I'm back in the Phantom Zone. He didn't kill me. Even uh, Terrence Terrence Stamp was like, "Mm, nope, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Not doing that. So did it, did anyone notice that, that uh, Zaltair had a new favorite word in the Phantom Zone? Uh, I did not. What was the new favorite words? Squirt. He says it about 25 times. (laughs) It was big. It was making me very uncomfortable. I'm telling you, there, oh. I, there was cocaine involved in the writing of this movie. There <laughs> were people our... that were high off their asses, and they were giggling as they were writing this script. Go to Peter O'Toole's going to say squirt like 20 times. This explains so much because, man, when you are stoned or blitzed out of your head, things are so much cooler. Until Every idea that. is a good idea. <laughs> and they turn. Lord help you if there's this. ever video of you in that state, though, because you'll go back and watch that and you'll be incredibly disappointed with yourself. <laughs> then you'll, and, you'll, and you'll think, oh, that's how I wrote Supergirl. Oh, geez, exactly. <laughs> Explain so much. It was it was a it was a cocaine fever dream. I, I wrote that whole script on a Saturday night. I don't remember any of it. In five minutes. <laughs> hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to pop in and say thanks. 
As of this recording, we have listeners in eight different countries and 18 of the United States, including DC, which I just think is pretty cool. It may not sound like much, but it makes me very happy that that many of you are tuning into our little show. Although those numbers do pale in comparison to our guest this week, we'd like to give our enormous thanks to Mr. Steve Shives for coming on and chatting with us. He has a great YouTube channel you should all subscribe to if you haven't already. Steve puts out great content consistently. I particularly love his Ask a Professional YouTuber bit. He has Trek content, comic book content, and if you really want to see what a man can do when he has seemingly endless amounts of time, I suggest you check out his Steve and Stuffy show. He also has a podcast, uh, Late Seating, which you can catch on the podcaster catcher of your choice, and I highly recommend that you do. And speaking of podcasts, our very own Mr. Dan Decker has a pretty great show. It's called Bad Choices and Bourbon, where Dan gets down and dirty each week with a new guest. It's chicken soup for the soul, folks, and I know Dan would love for you to pull up a bar stool and have a listen. You may even find an episode with yours truly if you do a deep enough dive into the list of episodes. So go ahead and check that out if you get the chance. But, you know, we have a Twitter account, too. It's Josh, Dan, and Suits. So go ahead and give us a follow if you haven't already. And not that we expect to make any money off this venture, but if you like what you've heard and you're feeling generous, we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Josh, Dan, and Suits. Look, we're just happy you're listening, but if you did want to buy us a coffee or put some gas in the tank, we would kneel before you like you were Zod with endless affection. All music for the show is provided by the immensely talented and exceedingly handsome Mr. Patrick Lee. You can check him out on Spotify, Apple Music, or visit his website at patrickleemusic.org. So those are the plugs, folks. Sorry for the interruption. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the show. Oh, man. But wait, but wait. We have to go, we all have to take a step back and realize that the Salkinds looked at this and went, oh, yeah, that's that's a winner. Having, though, having just made Superman 3, I believe, came before this. And so we were well into Campsville. Wow. Um, although, although I know Josh has a special love for Superman 3, and we can all agree that the, the, the Clark split is one of the best moments in Superman film canon. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, we oh, were well yeah, in Campsville. And then, uh, and then we come into Super Supergirl, and so they were well into the all all bets for off face. Yeah. <laughs> I actually here's the th- here's the thing about the Salkinds, and I mean, and I, I actually I, I don't think Superman three is a good movie, but I like it a lot more than most people do, and I think even yep. even beyond the junkyard fight, I think it has a lot of really good stuff, and and a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that could have been good if it had just been approached a little differently. This um, is the problem with that movie. That's well, it. The, the, well, the pro- and the fact that it doesn't really fit anything else it's like there's gus doing his thing there's superman doing his thing and it's like two different movies and and plus it there's is, a lot of com- exactly. they, they they try a lot of comedy that just like a lot of the pratfalls and stuff just aren't funny but um you know and fail- there's Supergirl. not there's not much you can do with failed comedy i mean it's like oh yeah they try they were trying to be funny and it's just not funny you know but um but the salt kinds are not there we're sort of like the stereotypical hollywood producers 
that were all they they were deeply interested in making money and they did not have any thought about the creative part of it at all and and there's sort of in the stereotype that that's how most movie producers are and i mean i'm sure there are a lot of movie producers that are exactly like that that i don't give a shit what's in the movie just tell me if it's going to make money and mm-hmm. that's what the salt guys were about and if you watch like the interviews with them from the various documentaries that have been made about this franchise over the years uh, that's definitely the impression i get that they didn't they weren't interested in telling stories about superman because they gave a shit about the character at all they just thought this was a property that people knew and they could make a ton of money on it. And they made a ton of money for two movies and then they kind of botched it with the third one and the rest of the franchise under their care was just trying to recover. And, you know, so I'm sure they got the script for Supergirl and they just looked at the number of pages and they were like, Oh, two hours. Perfect. Let's do it. Like they, I don't think they cared. What, what was in the movie. They had no creative yeah. interest at all. They just said, is this going to be good? Who like, show, show me the headshot of who you cast for Supergirl. Perfect. Let's do it. Works like, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think the all kinds lucked out with, uh, with Donner, you know, oh, for sure. Donner, mm-hmm. Donner shot a great film with the first one. He got halfway through the second one. And um, you know, the Richard Lester came in for two. And I think you can tell all the parts that Lester, you know, directed and they kind of just fall flat for me. And wasn't Lester the director of three? That's where it started kind of going. That's where it started going bad, you know? And then this one was released and geez, man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know there are there there are things that they did incredibly well, which make it all the more frustrating that it's overall not that great of a film. Um, but like you said, uh, they obviously looked at who was cast for the main role and nailed that. Uh, thankfully, Helen Slater uh, is acting her uh, self off there too because um, it, it, she's she's doing the very best with what she was given. Just like I think almost everyone is in this movie, um, but they weren't given a lot to work with. Uh, but the costuming, the Supergirl costume is on point for especially yeah. for the era, um, and looks even better uh, in its time than uh, the Superman suit did. Um, it's like, you know, it's, it's more uh, popping in the color. The fit is a little bit better. Um, the way that it's uh, the way that it's uh, constructed is a lot um, looks a lot more, you know, advanced as it were. But the costuming was on point. That casting with with Helen was on point. Um, again, it all comes down to I don't even know who the director was, and uh, the the script is just it's just the problem through this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, let's talk about the things that did work with the film. I mean, you know, the costume was great. The the the, the wire work was great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, they were probably making this film for children. And, you know, when we first... I mean, I was nine when it came out. So yeah. it was at the... And that's where... That's Nostalgia Bomb for me is I was nine when this movie came out. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of forgiveness in a nine-year-old's heart (laughs) because Superman, I mean, and that's all it needed to be was tangentially connected to the rest of it. And I was bought in. It was, you know, I, there was no hope for me. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you obviously weren't the, the only one because when we went on Twitter and said anything about Supergirl, we got a lot of replies from people. People seem mm-hmm. to really like this movie. I can't for the life of me see why, but besides <laughs> the, besides nostalgia. Um, but, yeah. you know, this this wasn't in... I, I never watched this film when I was a kid, so I came into this as an adult. And, and Oh, I, man. <laughs> it's your, it's your yeah. Superman 4 experience. I, I put Superman yeah. 4 off for about 20-odd years and... and got desperate one night when I was working late overnight at the library and decided I needed to entertain myself. And I regret that choice. I do. You got Not desperate. Re- so you turned on <laughs> Superman for Yeah. No, we had, we had the DVD for Lent, uh, for lending and it was, uh, you know, remarkably it was checked in at the time. <laughs> weird. So weird. Well, I think another, uh, another place they went wrong was their budgeting. Um, this, this film was $35 million budget. Um, Faye Dunaway got seven million of that, and Peter Ooh, O'Toole about man. four million of that. Yeah. Um, the intro cost one million, so you know you start to add all that up, and you know they didn't really put that much money into the production, and, and it kind of no. you can kind of tell yeah. most of this looks like it was shot on a back lot or in a studio. There's not mm-hmm. any real big major set pieces that I'm like, wow, that looks really cool. It all yeah. kind of looks generic. You know, it feels cheap. It feels like there's only really there's in terms of like the the town, there's like there's one it takes place in a small town. And yeah, you're right. You only ever really see that one street, which looks like a back lot. Yeah. Um, And and it just it feel I thought it felt and you you get this a lot from sort of cheap like 1980s action movies, especially um, particularly stuff that comes from canon, which is weird because that's the next place that the Superman franchise goes after this. But um, it it feels like it was like it feels like a TV show. It feels like it was shot for TV. I mean, a lot of the the scenes are characters talking and they're framed in medium shots and it's just Mm -hmm. basic cross cutting. And it just it feels like something that is like a pilot episode for a TV show. It it feels cheap and, and basic. You know, yeah, or like a straight to video or a movie yeah. of the week sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and also it, the the director, you you said you didn't know who the director was, Dan. I read his name, but I can't remember what it was. So I mean it's <laughs> I not like you know, they had the, <laughs> <laughs> um the, and then the the okay, getting away from the production, I wanted to talk about the mountain in the town that just oh shows up at the end of the movie. Magic. What, What's the point of the mountain? I, I don't really understand the point of the mountain. Is it like Mount Doom? Is that her, you know, like evil lair? It's her evil I'm lair. Sure. Yeah. Come yeah. On. <laughs> given given some positive intent yet again, uh, I think it was just kind of a shortcut to demonstrate how much more powerful Selena is becoming under the uh, influence of the Omega Hedron, which she locked in that dragon thing for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Right? But what, right? what, okay. what, is, what is her motivation in this film besides evil? The rule I mean, of the world. I, I, she mentions world domination a couple that times, is, that but is, is that it? it? That's it. Mm-hmm. Just, just sort of casually, she mentions it in that uh, in her the first scene when they're having that they're having that picnic by the side of the river, and she's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm going to rule the world," and he's just like, "Okay, sure." Like, I just, yeah, I'll teach you all the dark magics you ever about. want. You muse about when you're on a picnic with your boyfriend in a nice sunny day. Yeah. After three or four months, soon. apparently they've only been together for months. He says, yeah. and then blop comes the Omega Hedron into your cheese dip. Yeah. <laughs> comes in, but, comes in in a fiery meteor style and then just bloop. bloop. And of course the first and thing it you didn't do even splat the cheese dip. It was very courteous. <laughs> the first thing you do is pick dip. it up and hold it in your hand and go, Hey, yeah, this looks awfully powerful. And from I'm, outer space, yeah. I think I'll, 
Yeah. This I might can, power my car. <laughs> I, I can I can have this for the rest of the movie and know how it works or not know how it works depending on the demands of a particular well, I, scene. That's right. I should have been wearing my script happens shirt today. Yeah. That's totally this. That's totally it's like with especially with with Selena. It's like she's she's alternately completely baffled by the Omega Hedron and able master. to use it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait a minute, there was no like all we're missing there, is Zaltair's wand. You know, if yeah. she had also had his wand, then world domination is just two steps away, probably. You know, well, <laughs> yeah. you know. I was saying I was saying earlier about Superman three how like a lot of the a lot of the things in Superman three could have been good if they had just been approached a little differently and with Supergirl I think I feel like even with a script very much like this which if it were if it were approached in in with the mindset of this is funny this is goofy let's just make this a comedy and let's just make this with a little tiny bit of self awareness. You know, like then you could have things like because honestly, Supergirl, when 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 her ship lands and she flies out and she's just in the costume with no explanation, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. yeah. When 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 there's just a mountain in the town for no reason, that's hilarious. And yeah. then when, and then when 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 Selena, but not for the right and, reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And then when Selena's defeated and the mountain just blinks away and everybody's back, it's like that's really that's if that if you're approaching that as as though that is a joke instead of that's just a, a random thing that happened because your script is underwritten. <laughs> like some of this stuff could be really funny. Underwritten. Um, but, because like the thing about like, like, you know, think about like the Adam West Batman show, like that was campy, but that was, it was funny on purpose. The people involved right. in that they knew, knew they were what writing they were comedy. Doing. They knew they were writing comedy. Yeah. And if, if the, if the writer of Supergirl had approached it the same way and said, yeah, this is going to be cheesy. We don't have a lot of money. It's going to be campy, you know, it's, but let's try to make it funny on purpose instead of people laughing at it because it's so bad, you know, it, I don't, I don't know if it would have been a great movie, but it was, it definitely would have been better. And, and you, I know personally, I'm a lot more forgiving if if I read into the intentions of filmmakers that they're at least trying. Yeah. And I don't really get that anybody's trying in this. No, that, I think that's the movie's biggest sin as you can just there's no heart behind it. You well, know? And the people who are trying don't have a lot to try with. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Helen Slater, you know, she probably really wanted it to work, but it just kind of seems like everybody around her was just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, because I mean, when you take on that role and you see what what spawned with with Chris, you've got to be excited. You've got to think, hey, this is going to go somewhere and you got this and that's unfortunate. But fortunately, we also got the legend of Billie Jean starring Helen Slater and that makes up for a lot. <laughs> that movie still holds up very well. You've mentioned that movie a couple times, and I have to say I've oh, never great. seen it, so I'm gonna have well, to. We can I'm still have be to watch that one. You are gonna have to watch it. Fair is fair, man. Well, um, something that's telling about this production too, Chris Reeve was, you know, they they approached him and he read the script and said no thanks. Um, also, <laughs> uh, yeah. Demi Moore turned down the uh, the role of Lucy Lane. Um, Dolly Parton was was offered a role of, of Selena and she turned it down. So if you look well, at she the shouldn't list, play evil though. Yeah, though that that was Dolly one of the reasons. Never near evil yeah. ever. She didn't want but to play a witch. So. But again, if they were going for intentionally funny, 
Dolly yeah. Parton as an over-the-top, like, campy villain. That would be amazing. Yeah, no, yes. sadly, that that's a role we'll probably never see, but she would nail it. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. She's just too pure of a being to be anywhere associated with evil. It's just See, but now I like this idea. <laughs> now I wish they would have made it a comedy. And if oh, they I ever, know. There's a if universe If they ever reboot where... Supergirl, maybe it'll just be a comedy. It'll be funny. Yeah. Well, they had some. They had some uh, absolutely fantastical elements in the Supergirl show. So you know, again, well, the though, they probably weren't the going Supergirl for it. show. The Supergirl show is a really good example of how, of of how you, it, 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 sort of how the Marvel movies have done it as well. Which is like you can do if you do it right, you can do both. You can do you can you can have it be really yeah. funny and also have it be, you know, done in a way that people watching the show will legitimately invest in the characters and you care about what happens. So you're not just watching it to, to have a laugh and go, Oh, look at this stupid show. You actually care about what happens, right. but the show is also really smart and really funny and it makes you laugh along the way. And it's, you know, it's aware of its source material. Yeah. Uh, it's written by people who care uh, and it's grounded, but just aware of the fact that it's a superhero show. I think what you're both talking about is good writing. Yeah. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> well, like just just having a just having a take. Like I feel like that's a really underrated thing. I mean, I don't know what the take on the material is in the Supergirl movie. I don't know yeah. what the, what the right. I don't know how the writer and director sees it. I don't know what. Remarkably, not a lot me. of documentaries made about this film. No, I mean, I mean, we should take up that project. That would be something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably the most probably the most interesting thing would be to get like a technical, you know, documentary, like a 30 minute technical documentary about how they did the flying scenes with all the wire yeah. work, because they're yeah. you're right. I mean, yeah. they you, in, in the Christopher Reeve movies, at least in the first two, it was almost all rear projection. And um, there was a little there were some wire scenes, but, you know, where he was like landing or taking off, like actually in in the shot. In but the, the rigging and the uh, harnesses yeah, I mean, were so but, uncomfortable but, for that time period. Yeah. But with this Supergirl movie. I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many flying scenes. It's, and it's a little bit like, uh, you know, in the George Reeves Superman, where you just, you see takeoffs and landings, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but there's a lot of wire work. And I mean, it, a lot of it is, it's clearly very intricately done. And mm -hmm. that would be interesting, maybe if you're, if you're into that, but in mm -hmm. terms of like, I mean, you know, unless there's some, like mentioned earlier about the, uh, it, it taking 22 days to shoot that that tractor action set piece. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, unless there are some stories about like it, that, you know, where it was just a disaster. And I mean, it's probably just kind of a boring story of like, yeah. it, was just, it was a really tedious grind to make the movie and nobody was having that great of a time. And, and it didn't turn out that great. And it didn't turn out that great. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there yeah, was it took um, her a long time to realize she's strong enough to break that bucket off the front end of that loader. Yeah, <laughs> and then she doesn't even bother to stop the tractor. The tractor nope. keeps with her bestie in front of a building. Yeah. yeah, with her bestie still knocked like, out. You in couldn't the just cab. put your foot on the tire and just stop it before you flew away with the the bucket off of the thing. You had to. Which like, she no, could yeah, have just set to the side where they were and just, rescued yeah. her friend. You know, you don't have to fly it anywhere. Just but we gotta we gotta have the uh, we gotta have the telltale kiss because we all know that the 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 way to someone's secret identity is through their French kiss. I just yeah. love how I love how how like okay so 
this whole the whole situation is so comp is so much more complicated than it needs to be. It's like they're putting thought into the wrong things, right? So she picks <laughs> up the guy, she picks up the guy off of the off of the the tractor. She flies it to a completely different location for no reason, and then again for absolutely no reason because she's never seen this guy before in her life. Before she opens it up to see if he's okay, she changes back into Linda. So now think about it from this guy's point of view. He's going to wake up and she doesn't know that he's been, you know, hit with like some kind of a whammy, magic yeah. whammy. So she thinks he's just some guy in a, in, in a, you know, that has been rescued from a, a runaway tractor. She opens the thing up. What's he supposed to think that somehow this normal person who is, who <laughs> does not appear to be a superhero has picked this part, this incredibly heavy component of a tractor off and taking it somewhere else somehow. And he's like, he's going to be like, how the hell did I get here? Who are you? What's going on? If he sees Supergirl, he'll probably just think, oh, okay. Supergirl. By a superhero. Yeah. 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 No big deal. And then again, later uh, at the bumper cars where the bumper I mean, cars. Yeah. Let's talk about how cool those bumper cars are, though. Those that was some that was some straight eighty <laughs> shit right there. Totally. That was great. Totally. Oh man. Uh, but but it's it's the can you hear my can you read my mind moment? But he's asked out <laughs> the bumper <laughs> car, and she flies with him forever. <laughs> she really does. I noted that when I was watching it. First of all, I don't know who can't outrun a bumper car. Those things go really slow. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, pretty yeah slow. He, he has a really hard time, you know, getting through that bumper cars. Well, we've established he's pretty slow yeah but then it's it's what you're talking about steve is like she takes these steps that she doesn't need to take instead of just grabbing him and like i don't know walking out the door with him she actually grabs the bumper car and then busts through the ceiling which knocks him out and (laughs) and then takes him to another location and is like hey bud sorry about that and it's not even for anything like you can sort of if if you know occasionally sometimes especially but this time she stays supergirl when they land yeah yeah well and it's like sometimes especially like in action movies or, or fantasy movies like sometimes you it's just more efficient to have a character do something that you know maybe they could have done something else but they do this because you need to get them to a certain point you know so if they had some kind of a plan or some kind of a gag in mind that involved the bumper car but no like nothing happens with the bumper car she could have yeah. just literally just picked the guy up and flown him away. There's no reason for her either in 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 the universe of the story or in terms of the where the story was going for her to do that. It's completely pointless. And we didn't even get the can you read my mind bit. I mean, at least we get somewhere with that. You, I know people hate that bit, but it served a purpose. Would you really <laughs> want to hear the poem? Again, again, if it was a comedy, the poem that that guy would compose in his mind the, the poem that that guy would compose in his mind would be hilarious. It yeah. would be, and it see, would be worth it. I mean, <laughs> there you go. If they, like you're saying, if they leaned heavily into the comedy part of it, that could have been really Parody funny. Parody homage the, right well, there, man. It would have been great. Yeah. What we just came up with was better than what, you know, actually got in the film. So, yep. well, I feel like we're kind of beating this movie up at this point. I, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know if we're really going to, you know, we're hitting the other we're points not changing or anything hearts like and that. Minds. Well, I mean, Nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it kind of just you know. I mean, it is what it but 100% is. But a hundred percent in Dan Decker's heart, though. Well, there you go, man. If you like this movie, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Is like you know, like we say on 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 uh, late seating the movie podcast that I co-host. Uh, you know, like what you like. I mean, yeah. if, if if people if people hearing this are like huge fans of this Supergirl movie, 
that fine. Good for you. Like I don't, nobody's telling you that you should feel bad for liking it. Right. I, I watched it when I was, I watched it when I was a kid and always sort of thought like, well, you know, Christopher Reeve's not in it. So whatever. Right. That was my (laughs) attitude towards it. Cause I was such a huge mark for Christopher Reeve's Superman and still am to this day. And, um, and, you know, but, but I watched it again for this, just, it was the first time I had watched it in years and years and years. And I was just like, Oh, this just is, I, I'm, I would love, I would love it if this turned out to be a great movie and I just forgot how great it was. That's not, not the, the movie I'm watching. That's not the, That's not the movie not I'm the watching. Yeah. So, but if anybody, but if, if you like it, you like it. Good for you, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a good thing. outcome. And that's yeah. with anything. If you like it, you like it. And we're not yeah. here to take that I away. I mean, there's nothing, this, there's this nothing podcast like, ultimately celebrates. There's nothing morally wrong with it. I mean, it's not like you're a bad person if you like it. It's, it's, it's just a bad movie. Like, there's nothing it's just, evil. It's not evil. It's just a bad yeah. movie. Yeah, it is. It is pure camp, but it doesn't acknowledge that it's camp. And that's the problem with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good camp knows good pulp knows that it's pulp. Good camp knows that it's camp. And as long as you acknowledge that, then you can have a good time. We as fans can acknowledge that and attempt to have a good time. But it is hard when the movie itself just takes itself way too seriously uh, and expects us to, to take all of these shortcuts with them, which, you know, in the moment, there are a lot of other questions to ask. So it's kind of like you, <laughs> you get, you get bombarded with too many left turns and questions to ask that you forget. And you're just like, Oh, good. The wire work is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's say something positive. You know? yeah. But I, I think in this conversation, we have just dissected the problem with this movie, and that's that it didn't lean into the camp. If it, if it would have, it, it might have worked. So yep. so there, there you go, go, folks. We you fixed know? it. Yeah, You're we did it. Shut your face. It works. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, motto of this podcast. In the ultimately, in the end, Steve, is shut your face. It works. Yep. <laughs> that is our motto. That is our motto. Well, guys, I think we talked about Supergirl. We um, did it again, though, Josh. We forgot to mention. We did it oh, again. No, this is where we this is where we mentioned that we did it again. Yeah, we did it again. You know, we 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 talked about Superman or Supergirl or something. We threw some Superman in there and Star Trek too. We managed. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's not <laughs> and, like this is we, code of honor. And we did it with a friend. So and we did it with a friend. Hopefully, still a friend. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, well, you know, honestly, I I already watched the movie, so at this point, it's like, well, I might as well do the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I'm like not a, gonna. I didn't. You're not gonna tell nothing. me I watched Supergirl for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and this will either boost all of our ratings or tank them. So sorry, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Steve, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on, man. I mean, it, it either way, it was a blast to talk to you and then to talk about this movie. I'm glad oh, you could it, be no, here, it, man. It was a blast. I loved it. It was. Yeah. It's much more fun. It's a. It's a much more fun movie to talk about than to watch. Yeah, it's like there pro you wrestling. Go. You yeah. need friends. You can't watch pro wrestling alone. <laughs> yeah. You have to have somebody bought in with you. It's yeah. the. Um, it's the uh, body uh, double experience. <laughs> <laughs> So there was there was one little piece of news this week, and unfortunately, oh, yeah, it's kind Superman of a news. sad piece. Yeah, it's kind of a sad oh, piece yeah. of news. Uh, Ned Beatty passed away. So. Oh damn! I did not hear that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mr. Uh, Luthor. Oh yeah. man. He so, uh, he went to the uh, the Otisburg in the sky. Oh man, that oh, was no, going to be I... my joke. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that was going to be my out. joke. That's just edit that out. I'll give it to you. The... I'll give it to you. That's why we know we picked the right guest. Just give it yeah. to He's hamming all our best lines. But I mean, yeah, he's, I, I mean, it's on, I mean, he'll, you know, I, 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 I of course know him. 
I know him best from Superman, but you know, he was a great actor. He did, he had such a great career. He, I loved him also. He was on uh, the first several seasons of uh, uh, Homicide Life on the Street as Detective mm -hmm. Bolander. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And he's a really versatile. I mean, he could do drama, he could do comedy, he could be a good guy, he could be a total like scary creep. Um, he was a great actor. He was a great I always actor. gave, uh, if I knew Ned Beatty was in it, I'd give it a look. Just on the strength of, uh, you know, knowing how, what a wide range of acting ability he had. And from all reports I've ever heard, when he had a chance to interact with fans, he was just a gym. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, big loss. And that's, yeah, yeah. fellas, that's that's how it goes. As we advance, our, our heroes leave us behind and uh, it gets a little bit tougher every day, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this uh, this episode, for this week. I had a great time with you guys. Um, oh man! Thank you for blast. doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what are we doing next time, Dan? Are we going to do the the Max Fleischer cartoons? I think that's what we had talked about doing. Yeah, let's let's dig into Max Fleischer. Yeah, I know, I'm, uh, I'm, I know I'm, Steve loves Max Fleischer. That's yeah, absolutely. I love the Fleischer cartoons. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a fun one to get into, and and hopefully a little bit easier to watch than uh, <laughs> than this one. <laughs> <laughs> they were made with a, a little bit a... more care than this yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All well, right. Well, that's it. Guys, that's it is. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. I think that's it. See you next time. personally congratulate you on your completion of this achievement unit.